Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Get Booked Podcast, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode 123 and we are recording on March 16th. I'm Amanda Nelson and I'm here with Jen Northington and we are coming to you from Book Riot and this is a bonus show. Hey! Bonus show! <laughs> Just here! <laughs> <hands. laughs> um, so this, I guess, is really episode 122.5? I don't I don't know, because like, it's a Friday and <laughs> the show's going to go up on Tuesday, which is weird. Um, but, you know, whatever. Everyone can be happily surprised. And this show is themed mm-hmm. and the theme is short stories. So we had a bunch of questions in the queue about people looking for recommendations for short stories. And our sponsors for this week are short stories. So we're just doing a whole thing. We're just going to do a thing. Yes. Um, But first, what are you reading, Jen? Well, speaking of short stories, (laughs) (laughs) polishing my halo, um, I just finished The Merry Spinster by Mallory Ortberg, who recently announced a transition to Daniel, but the book is listed under Mallory, so that is what you should look for. And this is a collection of rewritten fairy tales adapted from the Children's Stories Made Horrific series, which I had forgotten about, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started reading this collection, and was like I literally so okay what what Ortberg is doing here is taking fairy tales like um Little Mermaid and you know the um the Goose Girl and all of those like classic fairy tales and also some like there's one that's inspired by The Wind in the Willows and there's another one that is inspired by The Velveteen Rabbit and I literally had to stop reading The Velveteen Rabbit one because it was freaking me out so badly because body horror is not a thing I can handle um but it's it's really good despite having squicked me out really hard in in a lot of them the stories start out just kind of like subversive and different and a little bit disturbing. And then they get progressively more intense as the collection goes along in a really interesting way. Like the original material is already pretty dark. Uh, Like kids stories are often very dark and weird and fairy tales are often very dark and weird. And Ortberg has just super upped the ante on that. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really good, but also I, I might need to put it in the freezer forever now. Um, So that's, but I have a low squick tolerance, like to be real, like I really do. So I think most people will be fine. Um, So that's, yeah, that's the Mary Spinster by Mallory Ortberg. What are you reading? Well, I finally finished the biography of Winston Churchill that Hooray! I've been listening to oh, since you've January. Been working on that for so long. I know, I'm so, so happy long. for you. Um, and I have just so many opinions about it. <laughs> just so many. I was sending random DMs to Jen on Slack, like this guy, <laughs> just complaining. Um, I'm here for all of your Churchill DMs. <laughs> I mean, I love Churchill, but such the most problematic fave. Mm. And books that don't ever, ever address any of the terrible things that he said or did just drive me crazy. Like, yeah. you can't have a complete picture. Even for the 40s, the dude was racist. <laughs> like, you can't do a thing that's like, well, for the time. No, no. <laughs> no. The stuff that he said was, like, beyond. Anyway, that's 
a whole rant that I can feel like my steam gathering. Let me stop. Um, I am reading A Gathering of Shadows by V.E. Schwab, which is the second book in the Shades of Magic series. Um, I'm actually buddy reading this with Bob, who is Rebecca's husband and my best guy friend. So he's listening to it on audio. We're going to like do the whole series and I am reading it. Um, and I like it. Like I'm, I'm realizing that the main characters get out of a lot of scrapes via like a lot of deus ex machina, which I didn't notice in the first book, but it's still happening in the second. So it's starting to kind of bother me, but hmm. I'm going to see like how it goes. But otherwise, I really, really love the first book. Um, obviously enough that I'm like willing to buddy read it with somebody who is not in the book world at all. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so that's what we're reading. How the show works. The, like I said, this is a show for personalized reading recommendations. So you need a book suggestion. We are here to give those to you. So you can email your request to us. Um, at getbookedatbookriot.com, or you can drop your question in the form that's at the bottom of the show notes on the site. Um, and if it is time sensitive, please let us know, like in the subject line of the email or in the very first line, all caps of <laughs> the form, uh, if you use the form so that we can try to answer it on time. Sometimes we're not going to get to it on the show before you need an answer. So we might email you back. We also might email you a response if you've already, if your question has already been asked um, and we already have an episode that addresses it, we'll probably just send you that along with a couple of new uh, recommendations if we have them. So that is how the show works. So feedback from the last episode, if you remember, I also did a little bit of ranting last time about what I was reading when I couldn't remember how to pronounce Appalachia, Appalachia, I couldn't figure out what it was. And one of our insiders, Summer, is from Big Stone Gap, which is, you know, right in the middle of that area. And she says that it is definitively Appalachia. So that is how you say it. Appalachia is apparently a northern part of the Appalachian Trail. Oh. Yeah. And so like they pronounce it differently at the end of the trail, which is, like, in Maine, so of mm -hmm. course they would, but, like, people who live in Appalachia and, like, make their life there, that is how you pronounce it. So thank you very much for clearing that up. It's been bothering me for years. Um, and we also had Melissa, who is also an insider, had a recommendation for Radika, who is looking for World War I-era books on the last episode. Um, she recommends A Fine Summer's Day by Charles Todd, which is a mystery. It's an Inspector Ian Rutledge prequel set in the early months of Britain's entry into World War I. And you could read it without having read any of the Rutledge series. She hadn't read any of it when she read this book. And it's very much about the hubris of, like, you know, the British military telling themselves that they'd be home for Christmas and all that. And, like, you know, obviously that didn't happen. Um, so that is a suggestion for you. Okay. We're going to read our first question, do our first sponsor, and then get rolling on this short story episode. All right. Our first question is from Alexandra, who says, I am a librarian who runs a book club for teens, one that reads primarily science fiction slash fantasy slash magical realism. I'm looking for short story collections that would appeal to the group. Previous hits with the group include The Martian by Andy Weir, The Bone Season by Samantha Shannon, Jacoby by William Ritter, and Smoke and Mirrors by Neil Gaiman. Okay, so as I mentioned, our sponsors this week are short story related. It's actually the same sponsor. It is Penguin Random House Short Stories, Random House Short Stories. Um, and so these are some of the buzziest like short story collections that are coming out this year. I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but it seems it feels to me that like 2018 is very much a short story year. Like I don't remember this much buzz and like marketing and publicity going behind collections of short stories in um in 2017, maybe I'm making that up, but I don't feel like I am. Like, it just seems like there's a lot more on my radar. So, and a lot of those coming out this year are coming from Random House. So, New York Times bestselling author Curtis Sittenfeld's first collection, You Think It, I'll Say It. And then, of course, uh, Dennis Johnson's final collection, which came out posthumously, The Largest of the Sea Maiden. Um, 
you should obviously go check that out. That, and he won the National Book Award when he was still living. So he's like a giant of um, short stories. Uh, Carmen Maria Machado, who wrote Her Body and Other Parties, which I'm going to talk about later in the show, um, had really good things to say about all the names they used for God, which is Anjali Sachdeva's short story collection. And I'm pretty sure that's a debut. And she said it's she said completing one story is like having lived an entire life and then being born breathless into another, which is like, wow, <laughs> that's very high praise. I feel like from anyone, but especially from uh, Carmen Maria Machado, whose short story collection was like very, very raved and won a lot of critical acclaim. So go check those books out. All of these are going to be available or are already available uh, spring of 2018 from Random House, just wherever books are sold. So thank you for sponsoring the show. All right, Mm -hmm. Jen, you go. Okay. Um, I picked a short story collection that was being raved about in a book club that I was in back in New York. It's Slasher Girls and Monster Boys. Um, the editor is April Genevieve Tucholki. And I picked it. It's, it's, it's actually like thriller and horror, so it's a little to the side of what you uh, specified. But because some of those writers sort of touch on the gothic or the horror, I thought this might be a good fit for you. And it's got a really amazing author lineup. Uh, Lee Bardugo has a story in here. Kendar Blake has a story in here. And Murray Liu also has a story in here. And all of those authors in particular are like really known for their supernatural YA. There's also Daniel Page and Carrie Ryan and Nova Ren Suma. Like it's a really, it's a really good contributor list is what I'm saying. Um, I just think, yeah. And I like people would not shut up about it in this book club that I was in back in New York. Like every week it felt, or every month rather, it felt like somebody knew Cause it was like a sort of like bring your own reads book club. Um, and every time we would meet somebody else would be reading it and being like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. Um, so yeah, if, as long as horror is not too far afield for you, which I, it didn't seem like it would be, this is definitely one that you should pick up. So that is, Slasher Girls and Monster Boys, and the editor is April Genevieve Tucholki. Okay, I picked uh, Salsa Nocturna by Daniel Jose Older, which is a short story collection that takes place in Brooklyn. Um, and it is kind of a uh, prequel. I mean, he did write it before Half Resurrection Blues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's a prequel-ish <laughs> to Half Resurrection Blues, which is a novel that focuses on a man named Carlos who was half dead. Um, like, he died, was brought ha- halfway back to life, and then spends his not life, but existence. His undeath. Um, yeah, his undeath as like a errand guy or enforcer for the undead bureaucracy of Brooklyn and, New- and greater New York. So he's like deeply involved in this um, bureaucratic solving of issues that the, the undead are causing for the living or that the dead are causing for the living. And so this takes place before that novel, but it still involves Carlos and the, the short stories themselves are kind of linked. So, and he's, very often the linking thread. So you're following um, all of this magical realism, undead shenanigans happening in Brooklyn um, via his like point of view. Uh, and I don't want to get into like explaining what every short story is about, but I will say that this offers a perspective of life in Brooklyn, in New York in general, and life in particular in Brooklyn that we don't get very much of. I feel like New York novels are very often like white and about gentrifiers who have moved into Uh, communities that were traditionally poor or communities of color and, you know, installed like their coffee shops and are now having a lot of feelings on the page. And this is about those communities who are dealing with the gentrifiers and about their cultures and their life and their perspective, uh, which we don't get a lot of, especially in short stories. So this has got um, 
some, it's a little, it's a little creepy, but it's not scary. So this is not a thing that's like going to keep your teenagers up at night by any means, especially like my teenagers are obsessed with horror movies. I don't know what that's about, Um, but I feel like teenagers will be immune to the creepiness in this book, uh, even though it is listed as horror on Goodreads for some reason. It's not. I wouldn't have thought that, but no, I mean like there's, there's ghosts, but they are, they're like Gordo is a ghost who like, watches over the sleeping children of Brooklyn. Like, he's just so nice, you know? They're very nice ghosts. So that's Salsa Nocturna by Daniel Jose Older. Nice ghosts. (laughs) Okay, question two is from Catherine, who says, I've fallen in love with short stories through podcasts, like LeVar Burton Reads or The Writer's Voice. They're my favorite to listen to at work. I'd like some recommendations of must-read authors or short story collections. More podcast recommendations wouldn't be a miss either. Okay. I am recommending Night at the Fiestas by Kristen Valdez Quaid, which I read when it first came out in 2016 and was just obsessed with. Um, It is a collection that takes place in the Southwest primarily, um, and the author is from that area. And it's very much uh, realistic short stories, like they're contemporary in subject. Um, So one of them, for example, is about a pregnant teenager who's sort of deadbeat estranged father is trying to win her back um and to show his seriousness he's he's participating in the like the passion play that their town does um by playing jesus uh which is like a whole thing that i did not realize was a thing but it's a thing um there's another one where a young man uh goes back home to like take care of his grandmother's empty house and he finds out that his father is like another estranged father is uh like squatting in the house and has to deal with that um there's another one where a young woman is like waiting for her husband to come home and they're out in the middle of nowhere because he took this job and she's just like what am I doing with my life so they're very sort of emotionally based rather than there's not like a ton of action on the page they're just really about all of these complicated mostly familial relationships um, that we find ourselves navigating to but they're also such they have such a sense of place to them like the the setting is so key to the stories themselves and you really feel like you're there with these characters Um, and I just I just loved it so that's Night at the Fiestas by Kirsten Valdez Quaid. Okay, I picked What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky by Leslie Nika Arma. And this is, uh, I picked it because it was read on LeVar Burton Reads and also because it's great. <laughs> so you've probably heard the title story already if you listen to that podcast because he, you know, selected it and read it on the show. But the entire collection is worth reading. And not not all of the collection, not all of the stories in the collection are kind of, uh, you know, near future dystopia or like genre bending in that way. Although there is like there's historical fiction and there's a little bit of magical realism in some of them, but they're not all like climate change stuff. Um, so the whole collection is not like that. But it is very varied. But at the end of the day, like very much like Jen was saying about Night at the Fiestas, this collection is about people's very small moments in their relationships, like mother daughter relationships, husband wife relationships, like all of this stuff is happening in the background, but it's really about how two or three people in a family interact with each other. And every story is about um, Nigerian characters, either in Nigeria or expats who have like moved to the US. Um, So like in the title story, what it means when a man falls from the sky, it takes place in Nigeria. And the um, climate change has caused a lot of flooding in like North America and in the UK. And so 
Africa is dealing with this influx of white refugees who are trying to go south to, to escape that flooding and like what that would look like, because that would be not the same as like other refugees, refugee experiences that we have uh, now. Um, and then um, some of them are just, I don't even know how to describe it, except quieter. Like there's one short story called Wild uh, about a teenage girl who, you know, has like gets in a little bit of trouble in the U.S. and her mom sends her back to Nigeria to stay with an aunt. Um, and she just has a really bad night with her cousin and it brings them together. And like, that's it. it. And it sounds like nothing, but I couldn't like, it's a 30 page short story. And I read it so quickly because like, I couldn't put it down. It's just so engrossing how she like writes these two teenage girls and the bad night they have, <laughs> which is, I don't know. It just doesn't sound that interesting, but the whole thing is really, really interesting. Um, and while I'm talking, I will mention that if you are a podcast, podcast listener, you did ask for more podcast recommendations. I really like the Reading Women podcast, and I'm so sorry. I cannot remember the name of the host. I should have looked it up, but I didn't. Uh, but it's uh, the podcast is about books that are by and about women, and it's hosted by two women. They often have women authors on uh, to talk about their own books, and I just really like it. Liberty has been on uh, the show um, before, which is actually, I think, how I found it. So it's really great. So, yeah, that's what it means when a man falls from the sky by Leslie Neka Arama. All right. Question three is from Candace, who says, I normally hate short stories and have tried reading several collections, hoping I could find a place for them in my heart. Most of the collections are YA and contain stories by various authors. While I'd like some, uh, while I like some of the stories, overall, the reading experience isn't very good. Recently, I decided to give another short story a try, so I read The Grown Up by Gillian Flynn, and it was not only the best short story I've ever read, but one of my favorite reads of the year. Wow, that's nice. Uh, can you recommend any short stories or collections that are similar to Gillian Flynn's writing or just have a lot of twists and turns? Uh, what you got? Okay, I went with We Show What We Have Learned by Claire Beams, which is not straightforward contemporary kind of in the way that Gillian Flynn writes, but it is unsettling in a lot of the same ways that Gillian Flynn's books are unsettling um, in that you never really know what to expect from the characters. Everybody is maybe a jerk. <laughs> like you like <laughs> no one, but can't stop reading. Like she has a really, a, a real knack. Uh, Gillian Flynn has a real knack for making you care about people you don't like. Um, and I think that happens a lot in this collection of short stories. Uh, we show what we have learned, which Joyce Carol Oates is blurbed on who I don't appreciate on any level, but she is a literary powerhouse. So if that matters to you, then there that is. Um, but th there's a lot of weird stuff happening in these stories. Uh, like, uh, for example, in one, there's a woman who's getting married uh, and she, her husband is a World War II vet who like insists that she wear the parachute that saved his life as her wedding gown. Um, and she has a lot of feelings about that. There's a teacher who literally comes apart in front of her students. She teaches fifth grade, like her body parts start coming off. Um, and uh, the opening story takes place in a boarding school where it's one of those like, you know, um, like Ishiguro sort of things where you, you don't really know what's wrong with this boarding school, but you know that something is wrong with this boarding school. Uh, and then as you get farther and farther into it, you realize that the, the, the students are all female and are all being corset bound. Uh, and it's just very weird. And you don't like anyone, but you can't stop which is such a trick. Like, that's a big literary feat to pull off, I think. Uh, and Gillian Flynn is a master of it. And that's what's happening here. So that's We Show What We Have Learned by Claire Beams. I picked a collection called Troubled Daughters, Twisted Wives, which is edited by Sarah Weinman. And it is uh, specifically domestic suspense. And what the collection does is get together a bunch of women writers um, from the 40s through the 70s who... Um, 
who were writing in this domestic sp- suspense genre before, you know, Gillian Flynn and Tana French, um, who we are all now obsessed with, and rightly so. Um, but like what they, they didn't just appear out of nowhere, right? They're part of a literary tradition. And that's what I loved about this collection is it's like, okay, well, here's the here's the literary tradition that led up to those stories. And they were so good. I really don't I read mystery sometimes, but not all the time. And and I've read Donna French and Gillian Flynn, but not like a bunch of like I still haven't read, you know, The Woman in the Window or like Girl on a Train or I I just it's not my favorite genre. Just, you know, it's not the first one I go to. Um but I found myself completely compelled and sucked into this. And I think that if this is your jam, like you super need to read these. Um I think there's a Shirley Jackson story in there. I have I wasn't able to find a list of the authors in it and I don't have my copy anymore. So I can't tell you exactly who's in it, but I can tell you that when I was done reading, I was like, oh man, I need to read this author and this author and this author and this author. Like I it made me want to seek out other books by these writers so that I could keep that feeling of of the of the crime stories in them. And a lot of them, you know, the thing about domestic suspense is it's like it's domestic. Like it's about, you know, like internal lives, um, but then with the suspense factor. So like internal lives in danger. And there are some real good examples of that in here. I don't want to like reveal anything because short stories are so short like if I tell you a thing about them I feel like I'm giving away spoilers um but yeah I just just suffice it to say that you know this is sort of women who um paved the way for Gillian Flynn and Tana, Gillian Flynn and Tana French and and they're well worth your time so that's Troubled Daughters Twisted Wives is it me yes it's you. okay uh our next question is from Ira who says short stories are something I've always enjoyed writing but I haven't read very many I want to start to read them more so that my writing will improve The only short story I remember reading very vividly is The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. I read it in school and found it really brilliant. I'm looking for more literary style short stories that display the author's command of prose and structure. Anthologies would be ideal, but I'm open to single story suggestions as well. Okay, uh, I'm not giving you either. (laughs) This is not an anthology or a single story uh, suggestion. It's a collection. It's Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. Uh, which came out last year, and man, did this win? It like won the it pen. Did. It just won a bunch of stuff. It was a the, the thing that I'm thinking of is it was a finalist for the National Book Award, um, but it didn't end up winning. But it was a finalist, and this this collection is amazing, and the, it does remind me a lot of Shirley Jackson because Shirley Jackson is creepy and unsettling. I keep using the word unsettling, but these are all very unsettling. This is apparently <laughs> a thing I like in short stories, um, unsettling in ways that you don't really understand until like the final. Uh, bits of pages and uh Shirley Jackson was also doing a lot of stuff about social justice in her in her stories um and that's really what her body and other parties is about this is a really feminist collection and if you can't tell from the title it is much it is a lot about women's bodies um and the things that we expect them to be look like behave um so the first story the husband stitch is a retelling of a I don't know if it's a fairy tale or a folk tale, but we're all familiar with this, this idea of like the woman with the ribbon around her neck uh, that can't be removed because of reasons. And so this woman, you're, you're seeing the point of, you're seeing the story from her point of view. She gets married, she falls in love, she has a child, all the while her husband becomes like slowly obsessed with how she won't take that off. And there's a really poignant moment in the book where he's like, a wife shouldn't have secrets from her husband. I, I don't know why you won't let me see what, what's under the ribbon. And she says, it doesn't belong to you. That's the yes. only reason. Like, it's just not yours. And though I feel like that that sentence or line or moment is really in, in, in indicative of 
what the whole rest of the collection is about, of like how society thinks that everything a woman is and does and says and believes doesn't belong to her. It belongs to everyone, which is not true. And so much of feminism is counteracting that. Um, There's the story of a plague taking, you know, destroying the world, like um, an apocalypse short story uh, told completely through a series of sexual encounters that the character has, which is, it's just brilliant. The book is also super queer, which I appreciated uh, and funny in like weird ways. Like you'll laugh and you'll be like, wait, does that do I, am I bad? Am I a bad person? Cause I laughed at that, uh, which is also uh, really impressive. It's just like, yes, it's good. It's doing so much at once. She packs so much into each story. It's just, it's brilliant. So that's her body and other parties by Carmen Maria Machado. I have that on the top of my TBR. I'm, I'm yes. going to get to it soon. I swear. Um, <laughs> Story of our life. I know, I'll right? I'll get to so it. you you said Ira that you wanted uh, literary short stories that display the author's command of the prose and structure, and I immediately thought of "Sorry, Please, Thank You" by Charles Yu, which is technically speculative fiction, um, it, it, but it is very literary in the sense that, like he is playing with form and structure in really interesting ways. And I think that if you are looking for some structures that you have not seen before, this collection does that really, really well. Um, there, and they're also, I think it's really fun. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, was a story that takes place in like a big box, like a Walmart or a target. And there's like a zombie in the store during a graveyard shift, but it doesn't play out how you would think it was. Um, there's also a company that, uh, is like their job is to outsource grief. So like, how you're having a bad day, call this company and somebody else will have that bad day for you. Um, things like that. So really sort of, it reminds me of Shirley Jackson that, you know, it's like those small tweaks on everyday life that somehow become sort of fantastical. Um, and, and, but also like some of them are really sinister and then some of them are really funny and then some of them are really heartwarming and you just get this full range of emotion. And some of these stories are told in really different ways. And if you are a student of writing, perhaps you know the names of these structures. I didn't um, because I am not like formally trained in the art of writing. Um, But I just found myself like so amazed that you could depart so far from what I would consider a normal, like a standard prose style and still get across exactly what you wanted to do. So yeah, this collection I just think is fascinating on a lot of levels. And I also think it's really fun to read. So that's Sorry Please Thank You by Charles Yu. Oh, and it's my turn to do the second half of our short story sponsor. So this is a collection that I loved that um, they're calling out. If you loved Phil Cly's redeployment, um, you are going to want to pick up Will Mackin's mesmerizing debut collection, which is called Bring Out the Dog, and it transports you to the front lines of the military with beautifully outstanding prose. George Saunders, who, as Amanda said, if we were going to put a hat on him, now I'm like obsessed with this joke about putting a hat on George Saunders that says short stories. (laughs) Um, Make short stories great again. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. But George Saunders calls uh, Will Mackin's collection a near miraculous, brilliant debut, which is high praise indeed. Um, And as we have already said, uh, Carmen Maria Machado was raving about Anjali Satch Davis' collection, and that is on my TBR also. Um, They just have, Random House does a pretty good job of finding good authors, and they do have just a ton of short stories 
story collections in 2018 that you are going to want to pick up. So there are going to be a link in the show notes, but like go forth to your bookstore and find find short stories and read them because they're really great. That's my story about short stories. <laughs> my story about short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Our next question is from Amber, who says, I recently started reading short story and anthology collections, and I'm loving them. My recent favorite has been Paper Menagerie by Ken Liu. I'm interested in to in expanding into other genres, but I'm having trouble finding many sci-fi fantasy collections. I've seen a number of Lovecraft short story collections, but not much else, especially not for fantasy. Any recommendations for some action-packed short stories? Uh, bonus points for any possible YA fantasy short story collections. Do you want me to go? Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. Um, this is not YA, uh, but it is. it does pack both science fiction and fantasy into one collection, and that's Tender by Sophia Samatar, uh, which is from Small Beer Press. And this is uh, – Sophia Samatar has been anthologized a lot. Like, her work has appeared in a lot of science fiction and fantasy anthologies, and this is the first collection of short stories from her that's just her. And they are so good. I don't – you know <laughs> – She's so genre. She's so genre bendy, and a lot of the stories can read as like this is this is a fantasy short story, and a lot of them do read as this is science fiction. But I think that like fabulist is a more mm-hmm. uh, appropriate kind of word to use here because it does ring. Uh, it does have this like magical realism ring to it. A lot of her work does, but 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 not <laughs> like it's just hard to pinpoint. But I think fabulist is like a good description of her work, and they range. She, like, travels through time. There's a, a one short story that's uh, set in the 19th century Europe. Um, there's one called... They range across the world. Like, there's one called Ogres of East Africa that is takes place in East Africa, obviously. Um, there's stories that, that take place in America in present day about, like, just teenagers um, living their life and, like, dealing with bullying and stuff like that. Um, some of them are a little bit more frightening um, and have, like, monsters. One, there's a, My favorite one is called Selkie Stories Are For Losers, <laughs> <laughs> which is, as you can imagine, about Selkies. Uh, and some of them do have uh, d- d- dystopian feel uh, and post-apocalyptic settings and things like that. So no matter what you're really looking for in a science fiction or fantasy um, story, you, there's something here, I think, for every reader of either of those genres or both of those genres. So that's Tender by Sophia Samatar. Cosign. I love that collection so much. Okay. So I picked for you the best American science fiction and fantasy of 2017, which was edited by John Joseph Adams and Charles Yu, who I just talked about. Hey. Um, And this collection is really, really good. Like it's hard for me to be like, obviously these are the best, but like somebody else said it, not me. Um, And (laughs) there is a huge range of stories in this collection. It opens with a story from Lee Bardugo, who is a YA fantasy writer that I just loved about a girl who um, goes to this one place every summer and has this summer friend. And then also maybe there's a monster in the lake and those two things are perhaps related in an interesting way. Um, And then there's a story from Genevieve Valentine who wrote the 12 uh, rewrite of the 12 Dancing Princesses, which I loved, which was really like kind of gutting. Um, Nisi Shawl is in here who wrote Everfair, which I adored. Catherine Valenti has a story in here that just 
ripped my heart out that takes place in this future where um, people are living on the like plastic island that's in the is it in the Pacific I think the Pacific gyre yes people are like like that has turned into basically a colony that people live on but like do you live in like the area where all of the electronics are washed up or do you live in the area where all like the food waste is washed up and there's different like like society and culture and also it's like really it's really rough it's rough to read um and Kate Jemison is in here like it's a really amazing collection of writers and the stories have such a range there's sci-fi there's fantasy there's near future stuff there's fabulism it's a really fantastic it is a really fantastic collection and I think one of the beauties of the best American series is that it gives you authors to then go read their other stuff and I think you will find a lot of people to read from this one so that's the best American sci-fi and fantasy of 2017 edited by John Joseph Adams and Charles Yu. Okay, question six is from Sally, who says, I'm a voracious reader and have really enjoyed listening to recommendations. My question is, when reading fiction, I've historically preferred full-length books over short stories. However, I have recently read and loved several short story collections, Knock'em Stick by Donald Ray Pollock, 10th of December by hat-wearing <laughs> She did not say that. I inserted that. Uh, Five Carat Soul by James McBride, and now I want to expand my horizons in this category. What short story authors or collections would you recommend i don't mind dark or creepy and the only genre i don't gravitate toward is romance okay i i latched onto dark and creepy and i picked gut shot by emilio gray which is both of those things i was reading through the um goodreads reviews of this to like refresh my memory about it because it's been a while since i read it and one of them says i only fear two things on this earth cancer and emilio gray <laughs> and like, yeah yeah um so this collection is weird and creepy some of them are gross just to warn you some of them are super violent and it does have some sexual violence in it also so trigger warning for that um and the length of the stories ranges really wildly like some of them are normal short story length 10 15 pages whatever some of them are like two pages but she manages to put like so much disturbing stuff in two pages that you just like the opening short story is called House Heart, if I remember correctly. And it's about a couple that hires a prostitute to live in their house, like in the ductwork. So they pay her money to come to their house and she thinks she's there to do whatever, but they give her extra to like crawl into the ductwork and then they just lock her in and keep her there. And she becomes the heart of their house. And like, it's about their lives living together while there's a person acting as the heart of their house it's so weird like it's just so weird and it's one of those things where you know when you get done reading a Stephen King novel and you kind of go what is his brain like like what is life like inside the mind of Stephen King like does he does he know joy like what is what is it like to live on a daily basis as Stephen King this is a thing I wonder and I I wonder the same thing about Amelia Gray like what does she like birds like does she ever just sit outside on her porch and enjoy stuff you know, like, who, what kind of mind comes up with this sort of thing? Uh, a brilliant, it's a brilliant one. Like, the language is very controlled. The uh, stories that are two or three pages only need to be two or three pages. She manages to give you everything you need to get from that tale in really precise uh, language. She's not doing anything extra or um, ornamental. It's just, here's this thing that's going to, that's a gut shot, basically, like, just right, right in the gut. So that is, as I have said, Gut Shot by Amelia Gray. I picked for you one of the first short story collections that I ever read and loved, which is Unaccustomed to Earth by Jhumpa Lahiri. She is 
very famous for her writing, as is only proper. Um, she's won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, but you didn't mention her, and I, I really feel like she is well worth your time. Um, this short story collection is uh, eight stories long, and it sort of ranges in geography, so like Cambridge and Seattle and then India and Thailand. Um, but it is, uh, it's a lot of first and second generation um, uh, Indians, uh, American Indians, um, who are sort of dealing with, you know, parents and culture shock or, you know, trying to bridge the two cultures. Um, and they... Uh, did I say American Indians? I meant Indian Americans. Sorry. It's Friday. Um, anyway, they're really amazing. And there's a set of a trio of short stories at the end that are linked together that follow the lives of um, a boy and a girl who one winter they meet each other because they're both sharing the same house in Massachusetts. Um, and then they sort of don't see each other again until years later in Rome. And 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 it's... It's it sounds so simple and it's so compelling. I feel like we've said that a lot actually on this show, but it's so true. Like the art of the short story is to make something small and but make it feel big. And this collection really, really does that. And it's been years since I read it and I was trying to like think about what I would tell you about it. And one of there's this one scene and it's just a, a grown woman who's washing dishes with her father. Um, but like they're arguing about the right way to wash the dishes. And that scene has just stuck in my head for, I mean, it's probably been over a decade since I first read this collection. Like it really is just these so perfectly chosen moments. And she's such a good writer. Uh, and it just, you know, I don't know, it's going to live in my head forever. So maybe it will live in yours too now. So that's Unaccustomed Earth by Jhumpa Lahiri. And let's see. Our last question is from Kara, who says, I like reading short stories before bed. Reading helps my mind unwind. But if a novel is too interesting, I will stay up late reading <laughs> rather than put it down. We feel you on that one. Bookworm problems. Uh, yes, bookworm, <laughs> hashtag bookworm problems. Uh, short fiction has an obvious place to stop, but I'm running out of ideas to try next. I love Jim Lahiri. Yay. And what it means when a man falls from the sky was amazing. Also, hooray. Uh, I also liked Chimamandan Ngozi Adichie's collection of short stories, The Thing Around Your Neck. I read Carmen Maria Machado's book, as well as Helen Oyeyemi, but found some of the stories too creepy for before bed. Legit. Uh, do you have any more ideas for short fiction, ideally with a global perspective? that isn't going to give me nightmares. I'm just going to keep going. Um, I picked, like, it wouldn't be a short story episode without me recommending this book. It's The Gin Falls in Love and Other Stories, which was my hands-down favorite collection of short stories from last year. Um, it is, as you might guess, organized around a central theme of the gin or genie. And all of these authors have their own take on that character from... Middle Eastern mythology. Um, and it is a really broad-ranging collection. Like, Neil Gaiman is in here, but also Camila Shamsi um, and, you know, Nettie Okorafor uh, and Usman Malik, who's an amazing short story writer, and Saad Hussein. Like, it, there's just... A, and Maria Devana Headley. Like, there's a really good mix of authors, and they all have such different takes on this one central character. Um, and some of the stories are do feel like straight up fantasy, but some of them feel just like slightly tweaked reality. Um, and some of them feel like science fiction and near future stuff. And there's just such a broad range. I really... 
I really, really loved this collection. Some of them do border on the creepy, but like, as I said earlier, I have a very low squick tolerance and none of these were creepy enough to, to really actually bother me. So I think most other folks will be fine. But yeah, it's it's just so good, you guys. It's so good. I don't know how many times to tell everybody. I need more people to read it. Um, so yes, that's The Gin Falls in Love and Other Stories. It's edited by Mavesh Murad and Jared Shuren. Okay, I picked In the Country by Mia Alvar, which isn't creepy. Like, there's, there's nothing supernatural happening here. Uh, these are nine short stories uh, from the Filipino diaspora. So these are uh, people who are from the Philippines who have moved. <laughs> that's hence the diaspora, because that's what that means. Um, some taking place in Saudi Arabia, other parts of the Middle East, some in the U.S. Um, some of these characters have left the Philippines and then are coming back and are using that sort of return to examine some kind of theme. Uh, they're all slices of life. Um, you know, so uh, the first short story is about a man who's a pharmacist. He lives in New York, work, works as a pharmacist, is just kind of doing the thing. His father lives in Manila and is dying of cancer. And so he smuggles drugs out of his pharmacy back to the Philippines to give to his father and then discovers a whole bunch of things about his family uh, and himself and his dad. Um, and there's one short story that, that I don't know that this is creepy, but I will say that it's hard. So if you don't want to read this one before bed, I would understand that. There's one that takes place during nine, on 9-11. It's about a a woman who is an immigrant to the U.S. She lives in New York, and she's working as a maid in a high-rise, like a corporate um, office building, and she falls in love with one of the men who works in the office building. Um, and then it turns out that he works in one of the, the Twin Towers, and the planes crash, and then she is in Queens or Brooklyn, I don't remember which, and is, like, trying to get there to make sure that he's okay. So that one is hard to read. Um, but the rest of them are, are just very, like, quiet, uh, even though they're dealing with these huge questions of like, what is the meaning of home, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, not a small thing to be considering in a, in a short story. Um, And it's very, it's, it's interesting, you know, I I mean, I am Filipino, my grandmother immigrated from Manila to the US and and there's things in here that felt very comforting to me, (laughs) um, which is why, which is maybe not a, a, an experience you're going to share necessarily, but I think, you know, Almost all of us, not all of us, but a lot of us who live in the U.S. uh, will relate to the generalized ideas of what's happening here. Because if you're not Native American or you weren't brought or your family wasn't brought here as a slave, then you were you immigrated, right? Like your family immigrated here. And so um, these ideas of like leaving to find something better and then realizing that what you're finding is not necessarily better than what you left uh, is something I think that all of us, at least in a generational way, will be able to relate to. Um, so that's In the Country by Mia Alvar. And that is our show. Hooray! Do, 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 do. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of Amanda and Jen Read Short Stories. I'm making jazz hands that you can't see. I don't know why I do this. Like, shake stuff. No one's looking at me. Um, So thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Random House Short Stories for sponsoring this special short story episode of Get Booked. You can find us on social media. I am on Instagram mostly. It's at I'm Amanda Nelson and Jen. I am on Tumblr. It's jenirl.tumblr.com. And that is Jen with two N's. And we will be back on Thursday, back to our regularly scheduled programming.